It is August 24th, 2023. Uh, the Allen Long family, uh, safe travels for their children and for Allen and Lisa to have a nice kind of empty nest sort of feel. They're all, mo they're all gone out to Arizona uh, with Hannah. Uh, for my friend Jerry Scott and Johnny Gowens, uh, blessings for their health. Uh, and my father-in-law, Jerry, he's had a cold. He's much better, but he's a little bit leery and didn't want to transmit it to anybody, so he stayed home. Uh, Janice and Gail, they pray for the folks that are on this prayer card. A lot of folks do. They see it on Facebook. Osman and his church. John and Ruby and Vassy and Linda. Those are friends of the podcast and the Bible study. Our children and our grandchildren. All of them. Our pets. That the Lord would continue to bless their health and safety. Marcos for his son and the family. Marta and Charles and Sabrin. Bob's son Mike for just peace and understanding and uh, on the loss of his sister. Kay uh, having some um, rehabilitation uh, with a hip fracture. Pray for the folks in Europe and the unsaved family members of us all. Eric, John, Rex, Ted, the residents of Hawaii there in that city, Lahuna, and Christians in, uh, is this Nigeria? Niger, Niger. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Kathy Gillenwater. Yeah, it's, uh, she just got home today from rehab. I sent her home in a wheelchair. She had some kind of infection that killed her. Whoa. Yes, yeah, Tammy's first cousin. Must have been her spine or something? I have no idea. Wow. For Ray's uh, concerns, uh, lost loved ones, praying for President Trump, and justice. Washington, in Washington. Well, God's going to do that. Well, let's uh, join hands with this. Thank you, God, for this assembly, and we just pray, God, you be with each of us. Give us wisdom. Lord, would you. Put a hedge of protection around the families of all represented here at the table. Put a canopy over us that even fiery darts might not harm us. And let us be bold in speaking out for truth. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to look at uh, 2 Samuel 15. I'm not going to... I should have made uh, some more bracketed notes. But... Um, Absalom starts moving in on King David, his father. And he, um, well, it's told about here. I'm in this NIV. In the course of time, Absalom provided himself with a chariot and horses and with 50 men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand by the side of the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone came with a complaint to be placed before the king, that would be King David, for a decision, Absalom would call out to him. 
What town are you from? He would answer, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your claims are valid and proper, but there is no representative of the king to hear you. And Absalom would add, If only I were appointed judge in the land, then everyone who has a complaint or case could come to me and I would see that he gets justice. Absalom is politicking. He is a 15, 2 Samuel 15. I have a verse looks like 5 here. So he's basically being a politician. He's kind of intercepting those that are bringing a complaint and saying, you know, they're not going to do anything for you. The king's not going to help you. Um, let me help you. If only I could be in charge. So he starts winning people over. Verse 5, Also, whenever anyone approached him to bow down before him, Absalom would reach out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Absalom behaved in this way toward all the Israelites who came to the king asking for justice. And so he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. At the end of four years... At the end of four years. Forty, isn't it? Four. You got forty in yours? Yeah, for yeah. seven. Yeah, the KJV said Interesting. This says four. And um, see, he wouldn't have waited 40 years now, would he? He couldn't. I don't know what he did. David only lived to be 70. It's an interesting thing there. Never noted that in the KJV. Yeah, <laughs> Well, there's a note in here that says authorities uh, theorize uh, uh, red form. So it looks like they're saying Well, anytime you see anything like that, Chuck Messler says that's a sign to dig right there and yeah. see what you can learn. Especially when they say authorities say, because I, I don't trust a lot of no. people what they call authorities. No, that, that's right. But... Um, you know, Absalom was, of course, a young man when he ends up dying. Yeah. So I think four is probably the, the number that he did this. Spent four years. Absalom said to the king, Let me go to Hebron and fulfill a vow I made to the Lord while your servant was living at Geshur in Aram. I made this vow. If the Lord takes me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he went to Hebron. So David sends Absalom on off. Then Absalom sent secret messengers throughout the tribes of Israel to say, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpets, then say, Absalom is king in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem had accompanied Absalom. They had been invited as guests and went quite innocently knowing nothing about the matter. While Absalom was offering sacrifices, he also sent for Ahithophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor, to come from Gilho, his hometown. And so the conspiracy gained strength and Absalom's following kept on increasing. So when he told him, say, Absalom is king in Hebron, 
He said it. It wasn't actually true. He said it, and he made it to an extent to come out to be the truth. I noticed quite a while back that there are some parallels to Donald Trump and King David. Uh, Also some very distinct parallels of Donald Trump and King Cyrus mentioned in Isaiah 45. Uh, The Sanhedrin over there in Israel literally minted a coin with Trump 45 on one side in the image of him and Isaiah chapter 45 on the other side in the image of Cyrus. King Cyrus made it that they could go back to Israel and rebuild the um, the wall and, and, and the, the temple and everything. He's the one that allowed for that. <clears throat> um, Donald Trump made Jerusalem the recognized capital in Israel. And they were very beholden to him for that. Now this is not a man. This, you know, God has the heart of the king in his hand, it says in the Bible. He turns it like he will. He turns it like a water course. So, he does choose certain individuals for certain jobs. We know that King David's son Solomon, his son with Bathsheba, Solomon, was a great king, was a wise king, obviously wrote Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon. He uh, wasn't a perfect man, was he? Had too many women, wives, concubines. He got brought down by them too because he ended up taking on women from other cultures and other faiths, other gods. Yet he did serve the Lord. The Bible tells us of David that David was a man after God's own heart. And, um, you know, you read about David, you know how he took Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite, while Uriah was in battle. And David realized that he had gotten Bathsheba pregnant. And he needed to cover his tracks, so he sent word to have Uriah come in from the battlefield and spend a little time at home. Figuring Uriah would have relations with Bathsheba and then when she comes up with a child, Uriah will believe it's his and David's uh, sin would be erased. But Uriah the Hittite was a man of great honor, presumably, because he said, I will not cross the threshold and my home's door will not go in to my wife Bathsheba while my fellow fighters are still on the battlefields unable to be with their wives. So David now had a problem. Uriah wasn't going to sleep with 
Bathsheba. So David's next idea was, well, he sent a letter by Uriah himself, sealed, and said, give this to the commander of thus and such uh, ranks and uh, when you get back to the front lines. Then Uriah carried that letter. It was his own death sentence because that letter, when it was opened, Uriah didn't see this. The letter said, when the battle is raging at the next opportunity, give command that all of the ranks stand down and fall back, but don't tell Uriah the Hittite. And so that was the king's order. That was done. He sounded a certain horn or trumpet or something, and they all knew what that meant to stand down and draw back, but Uriah did not know what it meant. He wasn't told. So needless to say, he's out there at the front line, everybody but him falls back, and they, they seize him and they kill him. David um, did not get away with this sin. The prophet Nathan came to him and um, basically uh, the Lord says this is chapter 12 of 2 Samuel the Lord sent Nathan to David when he came to him he said there were two men Nathan tells David the king there were two men in a certain town one rich and the other poor The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb he had bought. He raised it, and it grew up with him and his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, You'll see in a lot of places the traveler is a, is a picture of Satan. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and prepared it for the one who had come to him. David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in His eyes? 
You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. David accepted that. David realized that Nathan was a true prophet bringing the true word of God. This traveler came. Who's this traveler? Lust. David's lust. All these women that he had. But he didn't have that one. And that's the one he wanted. The only wife. The only woman that Uriah had. David took her and slept with her and made her pregnant and killed her husband to try to cover it up. You don't hide anything from God. God sees it all. David sounds like a pretty awful individual here, right? Yet, God says that David is a man after his own heart. How do you reconcile this? God knows what the lust of the flesh the lust of the eye and the pride of life does to a man. None of us are invulnerable to it. We all are. Men in particular because we never lose that. I don't care if you're 100 years old. You're still going to look and yearn. But you know what? God understands this. Now, I'm not saying God is excusing a pornography addiction or anything like that. There's two different types of sin. There's sin and there's iniquity. Sin is like bugs on the windshield. You, you know, lady crossing the street and you just follow her with your eyes the whole way into the store. Hmm. That's a sin. Iniquity happens when... I think I'm going to go back down there tomorrow and see if I can see her again. Yeah, she's another man's wife, but who cares? I'm going to see. See about that. Pre-planned, premeditated. You know you've got murder in different degrees. The second degree is not as bad as the first degree. The first degree murder is premeditated, pre-planned. Going to do it. So David did that. He planned it. And then he committed murder to cover up that sin how does God still say he's a man after his own heart? Because God does look upon the heart. You know, when he's choosing David, you know, God knows everything. Simultaneously, every event of all time, he knows it. You know, when he was choosing um, King David, who would replace Saul, you know, he went... Um, he went to Samuel and um, he sends Samuel to find the Lord's anointed, the next king. He went to um, this is in, if you just want to know where it's at, it's in First Samuel 16. <clears throat> it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him? As king over Israel, fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So when when uh, Samuel gets there, you know he 
he sees Eliab, verse uh, 6. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. He's tall, he's handsome, he looks like a king. Verse 7 of uh, 1 Samuel 16, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. God can see what you have in your heart. And our hearts can be very ugly, desperately wicked, we see. And uh, Jeremiah 17 and verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The King James says it's desperately wicked. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. I, the Lord... Search the heart and examine the mind. King James says, I try the reins, the Lord says. I know what's in your heart. Even you don't know at all times what is in your heart. So somehow, these sinful and iniquitous acts of King David didn't disqualify him from being God's chosen, God's anointed. God knew before David ever did it. God knew as Samuel stood there looking at the young boy David, God knew what David would do. Yet He sets him up. He empowers him. It's a little bit like Saul of Tarsus. You know, yeah. What a rascal he was initially. Yeah, yeah, who would become the Apostle Paul. So, if Donald Trump is on this King David paradigm, as I have said, and I have noted over the past two or three years, more people have been pointing this out. He seems to be one of these types. Obviously, Israel, in, in, in spite of the, Trump, not doing right about wanting to make land deals in Israel. He did do right about recognizing Jerusalem as the capital. And the Palestinians, or the Fakistinians as one guy calls them, there was never a Palestinian people. Never. This was just something they made up. Um, they weren't happy about that, Jerusalem being. Can I ask a question yes. real quick? I got that Philistine in my head right now. When you said Palestine, aren't those two words synonymous? Very similar. Uh, in uh, Isaiah, uh, look at, I think it's 14. Um, it's about the um, Philistia. 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 Um, and I don't know, I'm in like seven this NIV. So, I. Okay, I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. Um, Well, now I need to find it. See, Bob derails everything. (laughs) That's my mission. Inquiring minds want to know. 
Um, this is largely a chapter about um, Satan and his five eye wheels. But when you get to chapter, when you get to verse 28 of Isaiah 14, it says, In the year that King Ahaz died was this burden. Rejoice thou not, whole Palestina, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Some people think that describes a, a, a missile. Right? And the firstborn of the poor shall feed, and the needy shall lie down in safety, and I will kill thy root with famine, and he shall slay thy remnant. Palestine. Um, so if Absalom spends four years planning the overthrow of his father, Isn't that a little bit like what Satan did beginning in 2016-17 when he decided we are not going to allow this man to rule over us. We're not going to allow this President Trump to win again no matter what we have to do. Satan is a deceiver. And he is able to cause people to believe the most absurd lies. You know, when you look at the results of the 2020 election, you know, and Dinesh D'Souza's uh, documentary called 2,000 Mules, they proved it. They showed them dumping votes into uh, uh, these drop boxes stacks of them going back to Democrat headquarters in Atlanta and coming back again they stole Atlanta, they did it in Atlanta they did it in Philadelphia, they did it in Detroit they did it in Milwaukee and they did it in Phoenix with those five states they stole the election but they, had, they could do it in the cities because they had control of those city governments and no one would stand against them so they did it but how do things go for Absalom, he takes over, and you know we end up seeing that uh, David is ousted, and um, moved to chapter 16. You know David was kicked out of the kingdom. When David, this is verse one of Second Samuel 16, when David had gone a short distance, he had some loyal followers. Beyond the summit there was Ziba, the steward of Mephibosheth, waiting to meet him. He had a string of donkeys saddled and loaded with 200 loaves of bread, 100 cakes of raisins, 100 dried cakes of figs, and a skin of wine. The king asked Ziba, why have you brought these? Ziba answered, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride on the bread and the fruit are for the men to eat and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the desert. The king then asked, Where is your master's grandson? 
Ziba said to him, He is staying in Jerusalem because he thinks, Today the house of Israel will give me back my grandfather's kingdom. This is Mephibosheth. Then the king said to Ziba, All that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. How can David claim that? He's been deposed, presumably, but he did. The man said, I humbly bow. Ziba said, May I find favor in your eyes, my lord, the king. He's still calling David king. In many ways, like many of us, call President Trump, President Trump, because he didn't lose. Verse 5, As King David approached Bahiram, a man from the same clan as Saul's family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and he cursed as he came out. He pelted David and all the king's officials with stones, though all the troops and the special guard were on David's right hand and left. As he cursed, now think about that too. There has never been a political figure in the history of this nation, at least, who has been as maligned and cursed and ridiculed and mocked and slandered as they have done to Donald Trump. And everybody who's doing it thinks they have a good reason to do it, but all they're doing is watching the enemy's news channels and say, well, Trump did this, Trump did that. To them, I'll say, study what King David did Trump done anything as bad as King David did, yet he kept God's anointing in spite of it? These people are throwing rocks and cursing David and those who were with him. As he cursed, Shemai said, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you scoundrel. The Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. The Lord has handed the kingdom over to your son, Absalom, your servant, Chairman Biden. You have come to ruin because you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over there and cut off his head. David was surrounded with some very, very capable warriors. Would have been an easy thing to do. But the king said, notice even scripture is still calling him the king. But the king said, what do you and I have in common, you sons of Zariah, if he is cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? David then said to Abishai and his officials, My son, who is of my own flesh, is trying to take my life. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone, let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. It may be that the Lord will see my distress and repay me with good for the cursing I am receiving today. So David and his men continued along the road while Shimei was going along the hillside opposite him, cursing as he went 
and throwing stones at him and showering him with dirt. You know, when you sling dirt today, it's slander. That's, that's a, a slang way of uh, putting, you know, some you're talking trash about someone, throwing dirt, mudslinging. The king and all the people with him arrived at their destination exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. So Absalom's going on about getting busy with being the king. You move on into chapter 17 and uh, you see what he's doing. He's asking Ahithophel what I need to do. Uh, Ahithophel told him this was a prophet that David and Absalom both revered. Ahithophel said, verse 21 of 2 Samuel 16, Lie with your father's concubines whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel were here that you have made yourself a stench in your father's nostrils, and the hands of everyone with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he lay with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. And in those days the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. Chapter 17, Ahithophel said to Absalom, I would choose 12,000 men and set out tonight in pursuit of David. I would attack him while he is weary and weak. I would strike him with terror, and then all the people with him will flee. I would strike down only the king and bring all the people back to you. Even Ahithophel is calling him the king, isn't he? The death of the man you seek will mean the return of all. All the people will be unharmed. This plan seemed good to Absalom and to all the elders of Israel. Well, then Absalom wants a second opinion from a fellow named Hushai, and he said, I don't think it's a good idea. Verse 7, the advice that his fellow given is not good at this time. You know your father and his men. They are fighters and as fierce as a wild bear robbed of her cubs. Besides, your father is an experienced fighter. He will not spend the night with the troops. Even now, he is hidden in a cave or some other place. If he should attack your troops first, whoever hears about it will say, there has been a slaughter among the troops who follow Absalom. Then even the bravest soldier whose heart is like the heart of a lion will melt with fear, for all Israel knows that your father is a fighter and that those with him are brave. Well, is this man that we see a paradigm to a fighter? I would say yes, Donald Trump is a fighter. And try as they might, the media would have you think he's got no support. They're putting out these bogus polls just like they did in 2016 where Hillary's got a 78% chance of winning. Oh, no, no, now it's 86, 86% chance Hillary wins. They're trying to manipulate the minds of the people. So now they're doing something similar. But I find it interesting that they care so much. See, if these people who followed King David, slandering him, throwing rocks, throwing mud, cursing him, 
why wouldn't they just be content to let him go on? Leave him alone. Let him ride into the sunset. They're still calling him the king too because they know it in their hearts. Absalom has usurped power, but it does not last, we shall see. Absalom ends up doing what Ahithophel said. He gets all of his men together, sends them after him, and um, doesn't work out so well. Verse 24 of 2 Samuel 17, David went to Manaheim and Absalom crossed the Jordan with all the men of Israel. Absalom had appointed Amasa over the army in place of Joab. Amasa was the son of a man named Jether, an Israelite who had married Abigail, the daughter of Nahash and sister of Zariah, the mother of Joab. The Israelites and Absalom camped in the land of Gilead. When David came to Manaheim, Shobi, son of Naash from Rebah of the Ammonites, and Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rogalim, brought bedding and bowls and articles of pottery. He also brought wheat and barley, flour and roasted grains, beans and lentils, honey and curds, sheep and cheese from cow's milk for David and his people to eat. For they said the people had become hungry and tired and thirsty in the desert. Donations are pouring in heavy to Donald Trump's campaign. Provision. Provision from those who are still with him. Chapter 18, David mustered the men who were with him and appointed over them commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. David sent the troops out, a third under the command of Joab, a third under Joab's brother Abishai, son of Zeruiah, and a third under Itai, the Gileite, the Gittite. The king told the troops, I myself will surely march out with you. But the men said, you must not go out. If we are forced to flee, they won't care about us. Even if half of us die, they won't care. But you are worth 10,000 of us. It would be better now for you to give us support from the city. The king answered, I will do whatever seems best to you. If a fight comes in America, Donald Trump may speak out and since so so many words in a manner of speaking command the troops that no this truckload of fake votes is not going to that precinct in Philadelphia and every one of you will we eat lead before we let that happen or no this character in Atlanta trying to redo the voting machines get in there grab her and toss her out in the street if they try to do this again now, is that the way God achieves victory? Sometimes it is. Let's, let's see what happens here. So the king stood beside the gate while all the men marched out in units of hundreds and of thousands. The king commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, be gentle with the young man Absalom. 
for my sake. This is David's son. And David's saying, be gentle with him. Do we maybe see a, a clue here as to why God said that David was a man after his own heart? All the troops heard the king giving orders concerning Absalom to each of the commanders. Don't kill him, David said. The army marched into the field to fight Israel and the battle took place in the forest of Ephraim. The army of Israel was defeated by David's men and the casualties that day were great. 20,000 men died. The battle spread out over the whole countryside. How many did we lose at D-Day? 12,000? The battle spread out over the whole countryside and the forest claimed more lives that day than the sword. The forest claimed more lives that day than the sword. I have to assume that the beasts of the forest had a field day. A feast, I'm assuming. But God commands them too. He says elsewhere He'll command them. Right? Now Absalom happened to meet David's men. He was riding his mule, and as the mule went under the thick branches of a large oak, Absalom's head got caught in the tree. He was left hanging in midair, while the mule he was riding kept on going. When one of the men saw this, he told Joab, I just saw Absalom hanging in an oak tree. Joab said to the man who had told him this, What? You saw him? You didn't strike him to the ground right there. Then I was would have had to give you ten shekels of silver and a warrior's belt. But see, David told him, don't kill him. But the man replied, even if a thousand shekels were weighed out in my hands, I would not lift my hand against the king's son. In our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, protect the young man Absalom for my sake. And if I had put my life in jeopardy and nothing is hidden from the king, you would have kept your distance from me. Joab said, I'm not going to wait like this for you. So he took three javelins in his hand and plunged them into Absalom's heart while Absalom was still alive in the oak tree. And ten of Joab's armor bearers surrounded Absalom, struck him, and killed him. Now you'll find later that when they go and tell King David, one of them brings it like it's good news. Absalom is dead. Isn't this good news? David punishes that man for rejoicing over Absalom's death. The king was shaken when he heard this. He went up to the room. This is verse 33 of 2 Samuel 18. He went up to the room over the gateway and wept. As he wept, he said, Oh, my son, Absalom. My son, my son, Absalom. If only I had died instead of you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. Why did Joab do that? I mean, why did he have such a heart? I guess heart for they all understood that Absalom was a traitor. They yeah, but he was given an order not to was. kill him. I know. He killed him anyway? Um, yep. Okay. And... Um, you have some disorder in the kingdom in chapter 19, my caption says in this translation. But uh, I think it's always interesting to look 
or biblical parallels, patterns, when God is doing something. Um, no one believed that Donald Trump would win. Hardly anyone did. I did, and I'll tell you why. Um, in 2016, like I said, all these polls, 70-80% Hillary. Newsweek already had a Madam President cover prepared. Did you all see that one? Yeah, that, it was, that was just the way it was going to be. It didn't work out that way. It was September 2016, and we had this private class, these six guys from D.C., um, I never found out what they all did, but the one guy was clear what he did. He was Secret Service, had his badge, his sidearm, the badge right here on the belt, the sidearm. And um, it was funny, uh, he and another one of the guys that was with him, they were shooting at this steel target at 940 yards. It was a little torso, like a two-third size torso, hanging by two hooks over a bar. And they were calling it HRC. Hillary Rodham Clinton, they were calling it. And um, I noticed that, but I, I thought, okay, we could be being baited here. You know, this dude's Secret Service. I mean, he's supposed to be looking after her. Now, he might not be on her exact detail, but he serves the organization that's looking after her. Um, Forrest said something about HRC. He was on the spotting scope. He was 15 years old at the time. And I said, Forrest, just chill, man. Don't, don't go there. Don't do it. But those guys all had them Navy SEAL military headsets, amplify everything everybody says. The MSA Swordens. You know. A SEAL gave Jerry a pair of them. Did you know that? Yeah. It's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. He was with us and he just gave it to Jerry for serving Vietnam. And um, Rob Verena heard that, that. That agent heard that. And he turned around and said, look, it's all right. We're just having fun. You all can relax. I said, okay. Of course, all right, great. So he shoots at that target and spins it around. And one of the hooks come off, and now it's kind of hanging like a monkey on the bar. And Forrest is on the spot scope, and he says she's trying to get up the stairs because Hillary was having some problems, mobility problems and, at the time, and that was what that was referring to. He says she's trying to get up the stairs, and Verena doesn't even come off the scope. He runs that bolt, and he said she's not going to make it. Just like that. And I, at instant, I said, Lord, is it true? Is she not going to make it? May I know now. Smack. And that bullet hit that target, spun it around, the hook jumped off, face down on the dirt. And that's when I knew that Hillary was not going to win because I asked for a sign for God, from God. And um, so it was a God thing that did that. It was God's doings too that Absalom had his little foray into power. But it didn't last. It ended with his death and the king was restored, who was rightfully the king the entire time. David was never not the king of Israel in spite of this exile. He was being referred to even by his enemies as the king. You saw that in Scripture. 
we call Donald Trump, President Trump, because he still is. Love him or hate him, he's still the president, and a lot of people don't like him. I did not like it a bit when he pushed that vaccine out there and believed Anthony Fauci and all that garbage. You know, that thing was useless. It was just a big money-making scam, and a lot of people got a bad dose of it. You know, uh, fortunately, most did not. My family members, we didn't take it, but my other family members did and had no problem. But my brother, I think that's why he died. Within 10 days, he had all those myocarditis symptoms. His arteries were clogged. He couldn't stand up. And unfortunately, he was dead three days before Forrest and I found him at his house. <clears throat> no, so I, I know that Trump's not perfect. And, you know, I, I know that the lives of each of us are in God's hands. I don't blame anyone for anyone's death. You know, God says it's appointed unto man once to die in the judgment. I know my brother was a believer. I found more out about that after he did die in his cell phone text messages and poems that he had written. So I know he's with the Lord now. He had a, he had a pretty tough life where he lived and how he lived. But, uh, he went over at that hospital at Princeton and I mean, you about got to throttle those nurses to keep that needle out of your arm if you don't want it. And if you want it, that's your prerogative. And nobody should tell you don't do it or do do it. That's, that's a personal decision. Just like taking any shot, flu shot or whatever. But they they really, really, really push it. And um, in any event, I did hold <coughs> Trump responsible for not being wiser about that whole scam but truthfully what could he have done what if he would come out and said don't do this all the optics after that all the body bags stacked everywhere you know all every, you know people laying in the streets dying and this is all Trump's fault because he told him not to take the vaccine you, you can't win you can't win as a human being in a situation like that, but God will win every time He purposes to win. Maybe. Well, I never did know. I understand. Bill Gates went to Trump Tower before it all happened and met with Trump there in Trump Tower. Well, that probably has something to do with that. Yeah. And Trump is very gullible. You know, he. he I think he's probably learned a lot in the last four years. I think he's probably learned a whole lot about trusting the wrong kinds of people. He puts he puts the he puts those people in front on purpose. It's not it's not it's like people say, well, how why did he put them in? Well, he puts all the people that he wants you to see that are evil up front, mm. and, and people think it's 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 a, it's a poor decision. No. It's on purpose because he wants people to know their name and hear them. Well, we do know now. So, he, he, so when when, there, when it comes down, you know you know exactly who who did it. Even his vice president, traitor. He could have said these. There is too much question about these electors. I cannot certify them until we've had hearings. He didn't do it. 
and went right along with it. I knew he was a bad guy when that fly landed on his head during the debate, and I told my family. I, 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 Jerry was there, Christian Forrest. I said he's a bad guy. And I said that that, mock, that marked him. God marked Obama and Hillary both like that. One of the debates, uh, fly lands on Hillary's face with she and Trump. Remember this? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah it was, we talked about this. That's the way the Lord uh, handles things. If you if you're open to the way He communicates, and see He directed that fly. Go over and land on that woman's face. Go over and land on Mike Pence's head. He won't know it. He'll just be sitting there with a big black fly on his head because he stinks. It's, it's said that that's not a real fly. It's actually um, a robot. Oh, that they can make it go? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, they can make it really, really Well, I, I tend to believe that God commands all his creation. Yeah. Well, I Satan might be a guy could do it, but I'm yeah. saying there is a possibility because there is there is information out there that that's what these guys do then. It's you know Well, that's very possible. I heard that the Chinese stink bugs, not all of them are real bugs. They're like little monitors. <laughs> yeah, they like to relay one bug to the next to the next, you know, they don't have enough transmit power to go straight to the south, you know, to the Source uh, that's hardwired, but they can relay it. That's funny, but no. Uh, let's and I'm not saying that Donald Trump is for certain on a King David right? paradigm. I'm not. Big seagull. Um, just I'm just suggesting that we we do see some parallels. We do see, of course, the Isaiah 45. The, the Cyrus thing. Um, there is, but the main thing to me is the sheer hatred for that man. The abject wickedness in the hearts of people that, and they're not just satisfied to see him leave office. They didn't leave him alone the whole time that their little fraudulent Chairman Biden was presumably the president, yet he's not. Um, why did God allow that? I don't know. Why did God allow Absalom to usurp David's authority and send him into exile? Maybe David was being taught a lesson. Maybe Donald Trump's being taught a lesson. You don't talk about dividing Israel anymore. And you don't fall for these New World Order Illuminati scams of these pandemics and these viruses. They got. They're going to walk. They're going to march. March out a new one, coming in this coming year. Do not fall for it. Don't believe it. The Babylon Bee is um, Christian satire site. They're so funny. They had um, CDC announces deadly new COVID variant election urochron, election urochron, <laughs> and and they're going to have new vaccines that are going to do no one any good, and they could do you a lot of harm. And they're going to have these optics. They're going to show all these people dying and dead in the streets. Hospitals overflowing. In fact, the hospitals never did overflow during this so-called COVID-19 thing. People were doing this thing. It was called uh, Film Your Hospital. And they were just being invited to 
go to the hospital. And so here's the news report, like this big hospital in New York. Uh, so full, they don't know what to do. People got in there walking around with their videos. Any, did you see any of this? Oh, absolutely. There was nobody there. They were had fewer patients than usual. Parking lot's empty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody's in the hallways. And then they bring them. They're trying to people. tell everybody that their their morgue there at that hospital is overflowing. So to the extent they had to get like a dozen tractor trailer units, to uh, refrigerator units to put the bodies in. They didn't have enough room. I saw. They, they sent that Navy ship Comfort up there, and there they didn't know what to do. So it sat empty for almost a week. And that ballpark up there that they set up was a, a whole hospital. Yeah, yeah so nobody came. came. Yeah, nobody came. Well, those truck, those truck trailers that were backed in on that dock, supposed to be putting the, the bodies in there. I drove a truck 25 years. I know what a refrigerated unit looks like. I don't know what a dry box looks like. A refrigerated unit's got a, a reefer unit on the front, and it's got a fuel tank under the belly of the trailer. These didn't have that. They were just empty boxes. And then they finally decided to go and said, well, we'll, uh, you know what we need? We need to just put some regular patients. That, see, the Comfort Hospital ship can handle a 1,000. It can handle a 1,000 patients. We'll put some regular patients over there to make more room for all the COVID patients that we need over here in the main hospital. They only got 160, 70 patients in that ship. That's all they, they couldn't come up with anybody else. They didn't have anybody else. It was all a sham. And so many people believed it. So many people bought into it. But I am hoping that the American people will say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Not buying it again, not gonna do it again. You know, I took your shots, I got the stupid COVID virus anyway, and most people did. I don't know anybody that didn't get it that was vaccinated, maybe there's a few, but the other thing is, is they're calling any kind of coronavirus COVID. And you, those uh, PCR tests, there's two, uh, Naomi Wolf sleuthed this out, there's two factories making them, both in New Jersey, one's in Princeton, one's somewhere else in New Jersey, they're owned by China, and they're operated by Chinese. And they can make any—they can make the virus just explode just by changing these little things. Well, you could be walking around with it, they say, and be asymptomatic. You could feel perfectly fine, and you've got it, and you're spreading it. And uh, let us run this thing all the way up into your middle of your brain and pull it out and look at it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got it. Lies. Abject lies. Don't fall for Satan's lies. And it's okay if you get fooled once. All of us have. Because no one really believed that there would be entities in power that would do this sort of thing. Look what they've done in Hawaii. They've got at least a thousand people over there dead. They're claiming that the bodies are so incinerated they can't recognize them. I bet you they carried all them kids that they get their filthy hands on to Epstein's Island with him still in charge there. I don't think he's dead. This is how evil Satan's followers become by listening to him. I guess I'm on a bit of a soapbox, but let's just say that uh, we'll watch 
how things unfold going forward. I don't think God is going to let them take Trump down. I think God is going to put him right back in their faces. And there's so many of them that are going to run scared as all get out. If you read a little further in 2 Samuel there, when, when, when uh, King David came back on the throne, there were some knees knocking all over the kingdom. I think we'll see this, perhaps. Now, America's not long for this world. The Lord will return, I think, sooner, not later. And, um, but in the meantime, there are... number five in Genesis. I need my other, better glasses here. And like Fred Sanford, I got me a bunch of different glasses I got to go through. And God saw that this is a chapter 6 of Genesis, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yeah, we are. We seem to be. But you know what he did? He took Noah out, and he took Lot and his family out. See, Lot wasn't even such a great guy. He slept with his daughters, did he not? They got him drunk, but... He offered them up to the bad guys. He he did that too. He offered them up to those gay dudes. You hang with those kind of people and you end up... up, um, That's right, and that's why Peter called, referred to Lot as a righteous man vexed by the wickedness of the place where he lived. So yeah, he was probably doing a lot of wrong things too. But see, praise be to God, He just looks deep into our hearts and understands the motives and the thinkings and the ponderings of our hearts when even we don't sometimes. But, um, let's uh, join hands here. and uh, Bud, I'll have you close us if you will. That's great. Dear Father, we come to you and we uh, thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. And thank you that we can come and gather together and, and study together and encourage one another. And pray that you just uh, be with us and, uh, as we leave. But uh, take what was said tonight uh, and, and help us to uh, meditate on it and, uh, and use it in our heart. And uh, pray that you just uh, be with us, keep us safe. And, our travels. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.